Good morning, churches. Good morning. Introduction. Our first lesson comes from the book of Genesis. God has just sent the great flood, saving Noah and his family, and a sample of every creature on the earth. Now, Noah's descendants have spread abroad on the earth after flood. But the whole earth still had one language. Listen to the word of God as it comes to us in the story of the Tower of Babel, found in Genesis chapter 11. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make a brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had a brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest, we'll be, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence off the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore, is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scattered them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes to us from the book of Acts, the second chapter, most familiar on Pentecost Sunday. Listen again for God's word. When the day of Pentecost had come, the disciples were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of the violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them, and all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, 
there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, aren't all of these people speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages. We hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. And all of them were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Will you pray with me? Oh God, you know us better than we know ourselves. So we ask that you would speak to us this day in a way that we would understand. And may all God's people say, amen. Last Sunday, I shared with you my thoughts about what it means to belong in God's beloved community. I named that we have all kinds of identifiers, lots of different places of belonging, whether family or school or ethnic group or professional association or recovery group or hobby club. But I also named that of all of the places where we belong, our primary identity is this. We are children of God. We are members of the body of Christ. But what does that mean? And what does it look like in our diverse world and in our divided nation? Today on World Communion Sunday, I want to dive into that question. Now, I know we usually only hear the passage that I read from Acts on Pentecost Sunday. And I also know we rarely hear the story of the Tower of Babel. But I think it's terrifically appropriate that we hear both of those stories back to back. The story of the Tower of Babel, when the people were scattered and everyone had different languages, and the story of Pentecost, the moment of the new creation when the people were gathered and everyone heard in their own languages. These stories are symbolically linked to one another and they have everything to do with our identity today. Now I wanna start with what happened at the time of the Tower of Babel. When I was growing up, the, we, we understood it boiled down to this. 
God was afraid that the people were going to mess up phenomenally badly, just as they had before the flood and Noah's Ark. But God had promised never to flood the earth again, so God went to plan B. God would disperse everyone to different places and give them different languages so they couldn't collude in evil together. Different languages. And our lack of understanding across cultures, this was the price we paid for our pride. But what if, what if in fact that's not what God did? During my doctoral work at McCormick Seminary, I was privileged to study under Ted Hebert, whose specialty was the book of Genesis. In his book, the beginning of difference, discovering identity in God's diverse world. He explores a number of origin stories in Genesis, the Tower of Babel among them. Now, Hebert notes that in the Tower of Babel story, the first part focuses on the people building a city and a tower with its top reaching to the sky to make a name for themselves. But instead of seeing this as a story of pride or a story of control, Hebert understands it as an important human experience. He says the need for meaning, belonging, and identity that can only come from being a member of a common cultural tradition. Community, social identity is a fundamental human need that we all share. He goes on to say that the second half of the story testifies to God's response, indeed God's intervention. What did God seek to change? Not pride, Hebert says, but uniformity. This is how he puts it. God introduces difference. Difference not as a curse, but difference as a blessing. God doesn't literally confuse their language, though that is one interpretation. Instead, he says the better translation is that God mingles their languages. It is one way that God creates multiple cultures and then scatters them over the earth. The different languages and places of origin by which we identify ourselves is a gift of God. Indeed. Diversity is such a key blessing that God doesn't undo it when Christ comes. Instead, God amplifies it, amplifies the blessings of diversity in the origin story of the church when the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. In our second lesson, did you notice that God doesn't have everybody speaking the same language? If God had wanted to, God could have done that. 
Instead, the Holy Spirit empowers ordinary people to speak and understand one another's languages. No one is left out. Everyone is included. The whole world is welcome at the table. But what difference does any of this make to us right here, right now? There are two big takeaways. First, there is nothing wrong for our human desire for communal identity. And second, we could see our differences as a curse that divides us, or instead we could see our differences as God's blessing that could actually bring us together. I love what scholar Doug Kinchy shares. Kinchy is the director of the Kaufman Interfaith Institute at Grand Valley State University in Michigan. He says, the drive for identity and common cultural affiliation is a natural human need. But the reality, reality is that we live in a world of many cultures. We can choose to see this as threatening or we can choose to see it as a reality ordained by God. Now, he names how natural it is to seek identity we, with those we see as having something in common with us, including language and living space, as well as religion and political ideas and professional interests and hobbies. And he says these identities can be very useful and helpful very healthy, but he adds, when those identities become overbearing and exclude those with different identities, then they can become hurtful and even lead to hate and violence. He says, throughout our history, this struggle has led to conflict between various ethnic and religious groups. Catholics, Jews, Irish, Asians, Muslims, blacks, and others have all been subject to discrimination here in the United States, all because of their identity. And, and let me add, when I lived in Lake Forest, Illinois, all of those Irish Catholics had to live just south in Highwood because God forbid that Protestant enclave should include those Roman Catholics. But that attitude of discrimination and separation isn't the only option we have. Instead of seeing our different cultures and identities as a threat based on something that is undeniable and you know, essential to us and everybody else is wrong. Instead, based on these religious identity stories that we just read, these origin stories of the Tower of Babel and the origin story of Pentecost, what if we saw that as God's plan? What if we saw our differences 
as God's plan, a plan of rich variety, a plan that leads to understanding, acceptance, and even, I would add, growth in our own identity. Our desire for shared identity with people like us is normal. It's nothing to be ashamed of. We need that belonging. But as Ted Hebert says, the drive toward identity and solidarity may be a human impulse. <laughs> and the emergence of difference is a distinctively divine choice. Difference is God's idea. Difference is God's idea. And everyone is welcome at the table. Today, as we come to this table, we celebrate the gift of our differences. And as is our custom here at WPC, you've been given a place card to put on this, the longest table. And I would add, if you are worshiping at home, take a piece of paper or a card and get a pen or pencil to prepare as well. And this is what I invite you to consider this year. To write on that place card the name of someone very different than yourself. It may be a different language, a different religion, a different political viewpoint, a, anything else. But someone who you know has been a blessing to you. Someone very different who has been a blessing to you a gift of God because of their welcome to you or their care for you or someone you love or the way they inspired you somehow. Write down their name or names. And then at the end of the service, during the postlude, even as you listen to this glorious music and are inspired by it, I invite you to come forward and place that card, that card of belonging on the table. This is an offering of welcome to them, just as God has welcomed you. And then as you leave this service, I encourage you to do even more that today, today and every day, every single day, you look around and you notice those who are different than you. Those who are different than you and then give thanks to God for the differences that God has blessed us with. Because God could have kept us all the same. 
but after all, difference. Difference is God's idea. May it be a blessing in this time, in this place. Amen.